0: You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 1 through 25. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the house of the Lord, which faces east. And behold, at the entrance of the gateway there were twenty-five men, and I saw among them Jezaniah the son of Azar, Pelatiah the son of Benaniah, princes of the people. And he said to me, Son of man, these are the men who devise iniquity and who give wicked counsel in this city, who say, The time is not near to build houses. The city is the cauldron, and we are the meat. Therefore prophesy against them. Prophesy, O son of man. And the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and he said to me, Say, Thus says the Lord, So you think, O house of Israel. For I know the things that come into your mind. You have multiplied your slain in this city and have filled its streets with the slain. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Your slain whom you have laid in the midst of it, they are the meat. And this city is the cauldron, but you shall be brought out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword, and I will bring the sword upon you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you out of the midst of it and give you into the hands of foreigners and execute judgments upon you. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. This city shall not be your cauldron, nor shall you be the meat in the midst of it. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. For you have not walked in my statutes, nor obeyed my rules, but have acted according to the rules of the nations that are around you. And it came to pass, while I was prophesying, that Pelatiah the son of Benaniah, died. Then I fell down on my face, and cried out with a loud voice, and said, O Lord God, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? And the word of the Lord came upon me. Son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, all of them, are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Go far from the Lord. To us this land is given for a possession. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, Though I removed them far off among the nations, and though I scattered them among the countries, Yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while, in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, they will remove from it the detestable things and all its abominations, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, I'll bring deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord. Then the cherubim lifted up their wings, and with the wheels behind them, and the glory of God of Israel was over them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me in that vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea to the exiles. Then the vision that I had seen went up from me, and I was told, and I told the exiles all the things that the Lord had shown me. Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one on earth or on heaven or under the earth was able to scroll, open the scroll, or look into it. And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. One of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, is conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain. With seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you who take the scroll and open its seals, for you were the slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and nation and people. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Good morning and welcome to the third Thursday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 23, Ezekiel 11 and Revelation 5. And in each there are these visions, um, uh, pretty interesting visions. The psalm, I mean, I think you could argue that's not a vision, it's just a song, but when I when I read the table prepared before me and cup overflows, that to me it it seems like the person is seeing it, but it doesn't technically say it. Ezekiel and Revelation, however, filled with uh apocalyptic visions of you know God doing uh miraculous things, and um it ends I didn't i mean it ends by saying you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth i've been doing this i've been thinking through like the political. Imagination of Israel, like what did they think? Not like I don't know that th- things like that have been written about. Um, but what strikes me on the one hand is that kings are a foreign concept. Um, and I think that John, well, before I get there, I think kings are a foreign concept to Israel. Um, I think they were meant to have judges and it didn't work out. Um, and then they asked for kings and rulers. Not just because they wanted to be like everybody else, but because the judges weren't working. It was chaotic. It was bloody. Um, they were divided against each other. Like a king, sure seems to maybe be able to unify people, but Jesus doesn't have Davidic blood, at least not according to the Gospels. Uh, Mary is his only, you know, biological parent, uh, Mary was a Levite, and God was, you know, God was God is God. Joseph is of the Davidic line, but he didn't provide any genetic material to David. And so I'm always like looking for, um, or or one of the things that catches my eyes are like, what what does the earliest church, which is to say the people who wrote and compiled the New Testament, what is it that they had in their heads when they thought of what they were in a political sense? Like, how did they organize themselves and how did, they, how did they see themselves as standing apart from what existed? And so I noticed that in the last verse of Revelation, it doesn't say kings, it made them kings and priests, even though Melchizedek was kind of the model for the priesthood and he was also the king of peace or Shalem, which is short for Jerusalem. Um, and so this, this ongoing tension. Between monarchy a divinely ordained monarchy on the one hand and then like something else on the other, what is that something else um and I didn't look up what the Greek is the kingdom and a priest to our gods to our God, but um it did make me think that john john he this is where John among the other places where John decides or sees or is disclosed that Jesus is the Lamb of God. And I mention that because um I, I'm I'm not I think John has a chip on his shoulder and um you know the 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 highly allegorical nature of the stuff lends itself to a different kind of critique. And what I mean by that is, we know in John's Gospel that the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is kind of a confused metaphor. The The young animal that takes away the sins of the world is a goat. Uh, it's the scapegoat of Yom Kippur. The Passover animal could be a lamb, could be a goat, could be something else. So nothing was required to be a baby sheep, and sheep are unique because they're dependent on human beings, Uh, they have to be shorn once a year, Uh, they're much more docile than goats, Um, but that also can create, in Christian imagination, this sense of like, oh, you know, we've got to be silent and we've got to be docile and we've got to be all these things. And so when John says, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, we know that's, there's no such thing but he may be proof texting it here by saying oh I was given this vision and it looks like Jesus is a lamb who appears to have been slain um and the language at least is a lamb a baby sheep not a baby anything else and maybe it's interpretation like i I think the the key row and and Constantine and the you know, the px symbol um I think he misinterpreted it frankly. Um, and our tradition allows us to do that with one another. I don't think John is wrong. I do want to understand how he experienced things and what he conveyed to us, his audience. Um, and what does it mean that you know we are a, a kingdom of priests who worships this fallen, what, lamb, goat, Um, because I think our imagery is telling and important. Um, and some of that imagery includes military language and and people like David and God. And I think Jesus, but we don't, we don't always pay attention to that language. We pay attention to the language that makes sense for us and makes sense for our audience. And so John chooses his lamb, right? Um, I didn't get to choose the imagery of of the military. I mean, the military offered to send me to college, and now it's a, a metaphor and an experience that I can't... You know, it's a part of me. And so I I have no choice but to see this imagery and think about these questions um, and how they relate to my faith and how they might also reflect and relate to the faith of, of, of others. So I'm not saying John has done something wrong. I am hoping to understand at a deeper level what John is experiencing and how that experience shapes the decisions that he makes and the the words that he leaves us another prayer for guidance from the book of common prayer direct us o lord in all our doings with your most gracious favor and further us with your continual help that in all our works begun continued and ended in you we may glorify your holy name and finally by your mercy obtain everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew, Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at Patreon.com pupuhq You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less.